Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief. It's Wednesday, February 10th, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. US authorities say companies in Iran are using forged shipping documents, vessel impersonation techniques, and UAE-based front companies to circumvent sanctions and export oil. The US Department of Justice makes the allegations in a forfeiture claim filed in early February. It's attempting to seize 2 million barrels of oil currently aboard Achilles, a Liberia flag tanker, that it says originates in Iran and is being sold to support the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which the department has designated as a terrorist organisation. Singapore has become the second country after Bahrain to adopt into its own domestic legislation the UNCTRAL Model Law on Electronic Transferable Records, otherwise known as MELITA. The law amendment, announced by Singapore's parliament last week, sees the city-state grant electronic bills of lading, as well as digital promissory notes and bills of exchange, the same legal standing as their paper-based counterparts. The move will give hope to many in the industry who have called for governments to put in place legal frameworks for digital trade. Foreign businesses and investors that bet on a democratic Myanmar have been left rattled and are exiting the country following a military coup in which the leader of the ruling National League for Democracy party, Aung San Suu Kyi, was detained. Japanese beer company Kirin has stated it's pulling out of a joint venture with Myanmar Economic Holdings Limited, which is overseen by the military. Meanwhile, Thai property giant Amata said it has suspended work on a large project in Myanmar's biggest city, Yangon. In other news, Dialogue Exchange, a UK-based independent credit and political risk insurance platform, has created a set of free, open, common standards for single credit risk insurance as part of wider efforts to bring the market into the digital age. The Single Risk Credit Data Standard sets out unified terms for field names, counterparty industries, and cover required for structured credit transactions across a number of deal types. The aim, Dialogue CEO Ben Heaney tells GTR, is to reduce ambiguity and duplication so that industry stakeholders can easily exchange and use data for their own needs, regardless of how it is created or collected. Now let's take a look at a major story we covered on the GTR News site last week. The UAE's central bank has fined 11 banks a combined total of $12.5 million for anti-money laundering failings. While the fines aren't particularly large in size, the move suggests that the UAE is looking to shed its reputation as a financial crime hotspot. Earlier, I spoke to senior reporter John Basquill to find out more. Yeah, so these are penalties for breaches of anti-money laundering rules. So that would typically cover things like identity checks or due diligence on um, on bank clients, monitoring transaction activity in case there's any suspicious uh, reporting, suspicious activity if you do uh, if you if you do find it, uh, and that kind of thing. Um, these eleven banks that have been fined, uh, they were all told by the UAE Central Bank to improve their anti-money laundering controls in the middle of 2019, uh, and they had until the end of that year to get up to speed. Um, but we now know they didn't do so. Uh, there's not a lot of detail from the Central Bank on what the specific breaches were. Um, 
there's no suggestion that actual money laundering activity happened as a result of those weaknesses. Um, and the banks themselves aren't named. But um, this all has to be looked at in the context of the, um, the Financial Action Task Force uh, and its evaluation of the UAE, which was published in the uh, middle, of, middle of last year, middle of 2020. So what the task force does is it carries out detailed uh, on-site inspections of countries' efforts to stop money laundering and terrorist financing. So it will visit banks, regulators, uh, government authorities, and score the country on, uh, on how effective its controls are. Um, the inspection of the UAE uh, did not go well uh, for the UAE. It got the lowest score possible in several areas, uh, including penalising firms for facilitating financial crime. Uh, and it also got the, the lowest possible score for investigating money laundering, uh, prosecuting money laundering, um, cooperating with authorities in other countries um, and a few, few areas like that. Um, it's, a, it's a big deal for a country to be criticised by the task force in that way because ultimately if, if failings aren't addressed over a long period of time, uh, a country can be added to a list of high-risk places to do business. So that would make it a lot harder for banks operating in those areas. Um, so... So ultimately, the fact that the central bank has now taken enforcement action against a group of banks and issued fines has to be viewed within that context uh, of the UAE's efforts to, to clean up its image, address some of those failings around anti-money laundering. So John, why is the UAE particularly vulnerable to financial crime and money laundering? Uh, so, so again, a lot of this goes back to the FATF report last year. Um, that talks about the UAE's status as a global trading hub for oil, uh, gold and diamonds in particular. Uh, and all of those three can be considered relatively high risk sectors uh, to some extent anyway. Um, a lot of that business will be passing through the financial centre in Abu Dhabi or the commodity trading centres in Dubai. Uh, and, and then more generally as well, the structure of the country is a little bit unusual from a regulatory point of view. You have a lot of free zones, so I think there there are two financial free zones and 29 commercial free zones, uh, and you have different uh, independent authorities in different emirates that make up the country. Um, then it's also geographically close to conflict zones um, in the Middle East, so theoretically that means the risk of exposure to terrorist financing could, could be higher. Um, and then away from the, uh, the task force report, there's been research from academics into the, the origins of gold being sold in the souks in Dubai. Um, a paper published last year by the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace uh, raised concerns over the level of documentation required to sell gold in Dubai. It found that all you need is a customs form proving the gold was declared to customs officials when it was imported, so nothing about its origin. Uh, but the, uh, the paper estimates that around half of gold supply comes from countries that would normally be red flagged under OECD rules. Um, and that's, that was based on 2016 data. Um, another trend we've seen is the establishment of front companies in the UAE um, as a way of moving funds around. And that's been, that's been more in a, in a US sanctions context. But the underlying idea is the same, uh, that it can be easy for criminal groups to transfer cash through the financial system in the country without getting caught. So if you're a bank doing business in the region, theoretically, that all means you're potentially at higher risk of dealing with an entity or, or, or handling funds that have ties to money laundering, terrorist financing or, or sanctions evasion. 
And John, ultimately, these finds weren't exactly monumental in size, were they? Uh, will they really have an impact? Yeah, that's right. The The total value of the finds was, was equivalent to around 12.5 million US dollars, uh, which averages out at just over a million dollars per bank. Um, and as anti-money laundering fines go, that is at the lower end of the scale. Um, by keeping the banks anonymous as well, the threat of reputational damage isn't the same as with other enforcement actions where a fine might not be that high, but then the knock-on effects are still damaging. So if you just look at it like that, it's maybe not the strongest deterrent in the world uh, or the strongest incentive to for, for banks to get their systems in order. But that changes a little bit if you look at this as a, as a first step, as a kind of signal of intent. So the central bank says in the announcement that further shortcomings would result in further penalties. It says it will continue to impose financial sanctions in cases of non-compliance over and above these fines that were already issued. So potentially this is just the start of things to come. Uh, and if that's the case, banks doing business in the UAE coming up against those risk factors we mentioned earlier um, might have to up their game when it comes to anti-money laundering. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.